They, uh, they start a new a new radio show. It's the the Q and K show, which is it, you know it is what it is. And Binkley shows up, and and to no surprise, Jay Binkley will be here. Um, well, he'll be joining us here at nine thirty. Loaded show uh, from training camp today. We'll have uh, we'll have Pete Sweeney on a little bit later today. We might, depending on how famously uh, important he is today. Aaron Ladd of uh, KSHB Forty One News. He'll be here today. We'll be joined by Trent McDuffie, uh, who's on the field right now, catching a little shag routes from uh, from coaches, assistants, and all that. So Trent McDuffie will join us uh, a little bit later on, I'm thinking in the 11 o'clock hour. So we'll have a player. We'll have another player, uh, as in Jay Binkley, who's a player. He just crushes a lot. That's what he says. But uh, we are here at camp. And outs, I, mean, I really want to talk about Bobby Wood Jr. I'm not going to, because that's what Vern's going to do at noon. Which, by the way, if you're looking for a chance at Futures Royals tickets to go see Bobby Witt Jr., to go see who's arrived as an MLB player, to see the man, the freak, the legend, the, the, the now face of the team, yeah, you can keep your Salvador Perez face. That's fine. But if you want a chance to go see Bobby Witt, all you got to do is play the, uh, the pitch clock, 20 seconds, get it right, you get two free tickets to a, a Future Royals home game uh, to go see Bobby Witt Jr. And, boy, has it been great uh, the last couple of months. Man, is he, he has arrived you kind of feel like this Royals team is starting to kind of play with a little bit of tenacity, a little bit of a little bit of pissed offness, uh, as they win last night. They won the night before. They won the series against the Twins. Are looking to sweep today. Josh Vernier will be on your air at twelve o'clock uh, on Six Ten Sports Radio. Our insider uh, for the Royals on Six Ten Sports Radio and my best friend. So all of that today. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Uh, good to see everybody here. Uh, feel free to get your texts in, ask questions. The players are on the field. Mahomes and company, the yellow jerseys, they're in the middle of the two fields that are separated by offense and defense. No, no, Travis Kelsey has not thrown a punch yet. But I do, I do want to start the show off addressing that because two days ago, Boodle, running his mouth, giving a little feedback, Travis Kelsey doesn't like it. Yesterday, you see in the end zone, maybe it's a little late. Maybe it's a little of annoyance. And, you know, third string, backup safety, tries to knock the ball out of Travis Kelsey's hand. No, no, is what Travis Kelsey said. I don't want to deal with it. I'm annoyed. I'm pissed. And look, here's the deal. We are in a 100% overreaction, blown out of proportion season. Right? I mean, you remember, you know, Burrow goes down with the, with the calf strain, and the entire sports world loses their minds. Is he out? How long is he out? Is it a calf? Is it an Achilles? Is it this? Nobody knows. That's because nobody really, you know, has really anything of information to see. It's way too early. And yesterday, we see yet again a Travis Kelsey incident. And from what I gather and from what I can hear from people that, you know, are, are tuned in, because... It's already filling up here at camp. I mean, there's, I mean, there was over 10,000 people here yesterday. I assume there's just shy of 8,500 here today, uh, here up north in St. Joe. Uh, gorgeous day, blue skies, warm, little breeze. But yesterday, you get kind of, you know, the, and it's 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 interesting to see like the the sides of the of the Kelsey thing because yesterday you see, you know, half of the Twitter world is, okay, this is interesting. He's throwing a punch. He must be pissed off. And then the other half is, and I just I just saw Ron Kopp of Arrowhead Pride, and, you know, his reaction was, oh, this kind of looks like 25-year-old Travis Kelsey. And 
I see that. I see that side too. But I also see the main side of it. And that is we're in camp. We are on the on the brink of breaking football, right? We are August what 13th is the first game. Next Thursday's the Hall of Fame game. Football is here. You can smell it, right? You can, it, it's on your doorstep. Not only do you know it, your friends know it, and these players know it. And when you're in camp and it's hot and you've been, you know, bodied up with these dudes, guys like to run their mouths, right? Guys like to, guys like to you know, chirp at one another. It's friendly fire. It's in-house competition. I love it. I enjoy it. I think it's great. It lets you know that they, that they care. They have raw emotions, right? They're, they're into it. And Kelsey just happens to be the one who, you know, he's EC87 and you're a fan. That phone goes up and that recording happens, right, every single time. And yesterday, he catches a little back curl touchdown. The play's blown dead. Guy tries to strip it. Kelsey's not having it, man. It's hot. It's, a, it's, it's high testosterone. It's football season, and you're ready to hit somebody, right? And then Kelsey comes out and gets on Twitter and immediately is, I got to be a better teammate, I'm a leader, yada, yada, yada. Look, Travis, from me personally, Dusty Likens, who means nothing to you or anybody, it's fine. I'm fine with the apology. It's the high road. It's the vet move. It's the, you know, it's the, hey, this is Travis. It's my team with Pat. I've got to do something. It's, uh, it's almost like a team PR move. But, but Kelsey, it's fine. Because, I don't know, I, I, I talk to a bunch of people that I, you know, are, I'm friends with, and they all played football in high school, and they, they're all, you know, they're all still adrenaline junkies too. And, you know, it's, it's like anything. You know, you're, you're around the same guys for a long period of time. You're, you're, you're highly driven on uh, adrenaline and testosterone and, and, and madness of what football is. And it just happened to be that guy's day. And that guy's day was, was Travis Kelsey letting him, I've had enough. Now there's two sides of this. One, you're not going to see Travis Kelsey do that again. Two, you're probably not going to see anybody try to mess with Travis, which is interesting in itself. Like, that's the other thing, too. Like, if you're trying to make a point on this team and you're trying to stick out for a coach and you're trying to let yourself be known and let your number be written down on the notepad to be like, oh, well, 43's, you know, got some sass, that's fine. That's just not the way to go about it. But, again, I don't think that there's anything to worry about. This is just camp. This is just what people do. Every movie, every show, guarantee it. Guarantee it. Next Tuesday, when you watch Hard Knocks, or maybe it's next Sunday. It's one. I think it's the 6th, right? So that's next Sunday. When you watch Hard Knocks, there will probably be an in-team fight between the Jets players. I promise you. That's just what this sort of thing is. And there's no, there's no wrong or right here. It's just football. Don't worry about Travis Kelsey, you know, throwing a haymaker. I also wonder, do you want to be on the other side of that? 6'7", 250, left hand, not a chance. But, again, we are up here north, St. Joe, training camp, beautiful day. Fans are starting to pile in. We're in the VIP area, I think, if this is what it's called, over here in our little, uh, our little stoop. And uh, weather looks good. Doesn't look like we're going to have any issues today with, with rain. We'll have Jay Binkley at um, – We'll have Jay Binkley at 9.30. We'll have, um, 
we'll have uh, Pete Sweeney later on the show. We'll also uh, we'll also be teamed with uh, Trent McDuffie later on from the Kansas City Twe- uh, Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs uh, as well. Um, so you know, pretty fun, pretty fun day, and uh, and uh, you know, loaded crowd. We'll see it's full pad still. Practice will be going on. We got a split squad right now. You got. Uh, as we figured out yesterday, calisthenics, right? Is that what it is, Quentin? Calisthenics? Yeah, calisthenics. Got it. Stenics. Stenics, not stenics. I keep thinking it's stenics. I'm just I'm dyslexic with the words. Um, but uh, they're doing that on one side of the field. The other side of the field is defense. Quarterbacks are, you know, doing their toss around. And it's kind of interesting. I've, I've noticed this every day. Every day that I've been here, I don't know about Cody and Gold and, and, and Bob and Josh, but every day that I'm here, Willie Gay will come all the way down the line of fans and high-five everybody every single day. Man of the people. Love to see it. Love to see those guys kind of embrace the fans because that's, that's kind of what camp is, right? Camp is kind of the let's, uh, let's break the wall down a little bit, like as if you see on TV breaking the fourth wall. That's kind of what camp is. They kind of, you know, they're, they're more relaxed. There's no big game to get prepared for. There's no big, uh, you know, there's no big matchup that you got to worry about. It's just let's have fun. Let's relax. Let's enjoy the day. And, uh, you know, let's say hi to the fans. So, you know, if you want to come up here, St. Joe, you want to come say hi, appreciate it. If not, we'll give you all you need right here on 610 Sports Radio. When we come back on the other side, we talked about the defense yesterday. I want to bring up defensive backs and linebackers on the other side before we're joined by Jay Binkley at 930. Again, loaded show today, live in training camp in St. Joe. Uh, Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney, Aaron Ladd, Trent McDuffie, all within three hours. Keep it locked in. Mow your lawn. Put the headset on. Get the Odyssey app up and running. This is a Sunday edition of After Hours live from St. Joe at training camp. It's Quentin. It's Dusty at 610 Sports Radio. Back in here from St. Joe. Gotta love this song, man. Dancing in the Dark. Quinn, you a big uh, you a big Springsteen fan, or you just know that I am? Oh, both. Oh, really? From the 816, just throwing this out there. Someone needs to have a talk with Kelsey throwing punches at teammates is BS. Trust me, I love him, but come on, 87. Come on, man, just let the man live. I get it, I get it, I get it. Look. There's two different scenarios here. There's there's a shove, and then there's there's a punch. And I think when people see punches, you obviously avert to the worst. I mean, and you don't want to see a teammate, right, uh, throwing haymakers or you know throwing hands at, at somebody like uh, you know like a friendly fire. But here's the other thing. It wasn't like super serious, and trust me. If there's anybody that's going to have a conversation with Travis Kelsey, you know who that is, and that's Andy Reid. By the way, what a great photo yesterday of Andy Reid with the storm behind him. Did you see that, Quentin? No, I didn't. Okay, so if you go to Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I don't know if it's Instagram. I don't know if you're a, I don't know if you're an Insta guy. But it was everywhere, and it's just Andy Reid, and it looks like a silhouette of him with, like, a storm coming around the corner. Damn, that photo's good, man. If he ever did, like, a rap album, like, I don't know if you would call it, like, Time's Yours or uh, Ready for the Challenge, Andy Reid Rap Edition, that's the cover of his album. Um, 
But where we left yesterday, before Jay Binkley joins us, because I know he'll want to talk a little bit of defense, where we left yesterday was, uh, before the storm kicked us out, was kind of talking about this defense. And I did join uh, Quentin and Kramer's show yesterday because uh, Kramer had asked me a question about, can this defense be, you know, you, you know, he thinks can it be top 10, and I, you know, defended it. Um, I, don't, I don't say things that I don't mean, you know, often. That's one of those situations. I think with the way that this team is built and the way that they have drafted for this team to be successful while also managing money, which they've done very well at. That's why Dorsey's not here. That's why Pioli's not here. They couldn't, well, Pioli, there's many reasons, but Dorsey, you know, couldn't keep the financials intact, couldn't keep certain things in order. And unfortunately, that put the team in, in a couple of handcuffed situations and you can't really be successful if you're not on the money side of it and also the side of, you know, talent. Well, this team and this GM has drafted insanely well. They've gone after guys like Legereus Sneed out of Louisiana Tech. They've gone after guys like Trent McDuffie. They've gone after guys like Nick Bolton, who was in your backyard, homegrown and from a zoo, and got him in a trade third round when they got Orlando Brown Jr. from the Baltimore Ravens. And again, that's just a that just shows you where they win in defense. Like the Chiefs got Orlando Brown Jr. for two years. Got a Super Bowl as a left tackle, protecting Patrick Mahomes. Got him in a trade with the Ravens to acquire Nick Bolton in the third round. And then, now you didn't have to pay Orlando Brown Jr. Now he gets paid by the Bengals. And like everybody says, you know, there was there was a fight in Bengals camp to keep it relevant to the Travis Kelsey thing and people that might be getting a little worked up about it. And I understand, like, you don't want to see your, you know, your star all-pro tight end throwing hands, throwing, throwing knuckles at a backup defensive guy that's lucky to be on the field right now and probably won't make the team. But wouldn't you rather see that in a training camp practice than, you know, on the field and cost you 15 yards in a serious game at a serious moment? That's old Travis. And you ain't got to worry about it. But this defense, right, this defense was was drafted by Brett Veach and was, and was very well, you know, planned out and thought about because you look at McDuffie's second year, Bolton third year, Gay fourth year, Karloftis second year. I think the longest tenure Chiefs on this team are Mahomes and Kelsey. Everybody else is basically on rookie contracts. I think Winchester you can throw in there, you know, but everybody else is on rookie contracts. And you look at, you know, what the Chiefs have on the defensive side, and they have some some pretty solid standout guys, right? They have the, you know, the, the McDuffie when healthy was great. You have the, you know, the... Nick Bolton's a Willie Gay. You drafted Carl Loftus at a young age. And when you think about what these Royal or what these Chiefs can do and continuously try to do, and you see how it's developed on the field, you also look at guys like Watson and Justin Reed and, and, and Brian Cook, all drafted, you know, obviously Justin Reed was brought over from Houston, but Brian Cook, Leo Chennault, George Carl Loftus, Trent McDuffie, Watson, you know, all these guys, Gay, Bolton, all drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, all developed under the Kansas City Chiefs. And to say they can be a top 10 defense isn't really a stretch. And it's kind of interesting that that's what we're talking about when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs this year is, you know the offense, right? You know what the offense is. It's going to be the same thing every year as long as 15 is is doing his damn thing. And that's just, that's just the fact of the matter that that's what this team is. But when you look at the defense, that's where the eyes kind of open up, right? Who's going to be the, who's going to be the dogs on the defense? Who's going to be the the guys that, that really show up 
uh, in the trenches. And, you know, you've got guys like Willie Gay that have proven themselves, and also Willie Gay on a contract year. Nick Bolton, the leader of this team, the linebacking core is a top five linebacking core, I think, in the AFC. Right? Cincinnati's good. Ball, it might be a top eight, top five in the NFL. I mean, I know that I know that San Francisco's good. I know Philadelphia's got a good linebacking core. I know Cincinnati's got a good linebacking core. But the Chiefs have athleticism, experience, and talent. Athleticism, experience, and talent. You look at Willie Gay and Nick Bolton together, dynamite duo. I had Nick Bolton here last year. Uh and uh, you know his nickname for Willie Gay, Willie G, and those two have built their they have built their relationship together, and and really established the middle of the field because for years it was the third and threes that were killing you, right? It was the the second and fives that Josh Allen could just run up the middle, or Joe Burrow if he broke a you know the first layer of a, of a defender he could go get those four yards. Not anymore. Now that you have guys like Willie Gay and, and Nick Bolton up the middle, that's developing that linebacking core. And then you look at the front line, and I know Chris Jones has been the topic of camp because he hasn't been here. I assume 95 will be here sometime next week. That's my assessment. That's my hypothesis. I think that uh, eventually we're going to get close to, uh, you know, 500, 600K, and it's going to be, all right, that's enough. I'll, I'll just show up. You know, let's get this thing done. Let's, let's, t- let's you know, let's, let's run it out. Because Minnesota just signed their big defensive tackle experience for a one-year deal, I believe, worth quite a bit of cash. And Chris Jones just looking for an extension. He's already under contract for next year. But you look at what this defensive line can do, and everything kind of plays off of each other's shoulder, right? Defensive line, bull rushers, not, you know, you don't have your, you know, Max Crosby or your T.J. Watt or, you know, your Von Miller of, you know, five years ago. You don't have that guy that can just bullet around the outside. It's more so of a push, Kind of a, okay, this is a heavy set. You know, give the quarterback that, you know, that illusion that it's coming. And, you know, your linebackers then can sit back and kind of watch the middle routes. And that gives your corners time to stay with their, their you know, their target. And the way that Legereus Need last year developed from outside to slot guy and Trip McDuffie developing as a slot guy that can eventually go outside as well. You know, you look at exactly why the, why the Chiefs have drafted towards this defense and what it is. You know, the years past, I know the offensive line was, you know, three years ago it was damaged in the Super Bowl, and you fixed that. Went out and drafted correctly. Defense, you were getting, you know, torched by, you know, Jamar Chase. You were getting torched by Stephon Diggs. You were getting beat up the middle with quarterback draws and, and whatever it might have been. Couldn't stop the run on first and, you know, 10, getting seven yards. And you have developed this defense all on rookie contracts outside of Chris Jones, and you've developed this. Right, and obviously Justin Reed, the veteran, but everybody else experienced last year. Go all the way to the Super Bowl. You've gotten that type of experience to kind of develop yourself to what you need to be. And this defense, I truly believe, with all the attributes they have from corner to safety to linebacker to D-line, I think this defense can be a top 10. Now, again, we said yesterday when I was uh, talking with Quentin and Kramer, I don't think it needs to be, you know, the the fifth best uh, secondary, the the third best linebacking core, and the sixth best defensive line. That's just not that's. If that's the case, you got the number one defense in all football. But if you have a top ten secondary, a top ten linebacking core, and a top ten defensive line, you're going to find yourself in the conversation with DVOA and and stat nerds. You're going to find yourself in the conversation of they're a top ten defense. Similar. Go ahead, Quentin. Oh, I was just going to ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. What do you think is the best units on this defense? Defensive line, corner, or linebacker? Linebacker to me. Just because you kind of have all tricks of the trade with Leo Chanel. Now he's kind of been uh, brought back into the, you know, the this is year two. The, the surprise of year one and, and being a rookie is gone. 
but Nick Bolton seems to me like he has solidified his his uh, his usage in the middle, knows who he is, has everything he needs to be. And then you have Willie Gay on the outside as well, who's, you know, after seeing that play against Denver last year where he tipped, picked it, and then shoved Russell Wilson into the ground and then took it for six, I still claim it to be the greatest Chiefs play I've ever seen. Um, top three Chiefs plays I've ever seen, probably the Mahomes throw against San Francisco, his rookie or his first year as a starter when everyone says the, the Mahomes has arrived. That's probably the second best play. And then the third best play, shout out old school, Tony Moyaki, opening day for the Chiefs, also against the Niners, one-handed catch in the end zone. Greatest attribute ever did in his life. Coming up on the other side, Jay Binkley will join us. Quentin will ask him the same question you asked me. What's the best unit when it comes to this defense, cornerbacks, linebackers, or D-line? This is a Sunday edition in St. Joe. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. This is Sap Towers. I'm Dusty Likens. There we go. This seems appropriate to have Jay Binkley join the show and just slam Panama in there from Van Halen. Feels like Panama out here in uh, St. Joe, but uh, obviously our live coverage here in St. Joe at training camp is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Each drinks scenic views. Also, um, training camp coverage is brought to you by St. Joe Convention Visitors Bureau. Be part of history by attending Chiefs training camp and learn more at stjomo. Dot com as defense is in front of us. I've got Bolton, McDuffie, I've got uh, uh, Brian Cook, Willie Gay, Justin Reed, Legereus Sneed. They're all, they got their backs to me as they do their drills. Offense, other side. I've yet to see the offense today uh, really do anything in front of me right now, just drills. Speaking of drills, Jay Binkley joins us now. Jay, how are you today, sir? All right, I don't hear Jay Binkley. Quinn, do we have Jay Binkley or no? He's on. He's on hold. Okay. I don't. I don't hear Jay Binkley. Uh, but in the meantime, until we do hear Jay, uh, if he does come shouting in my ear, hopefully soon, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. But where this team is this year, as opposed to, because we're going to talk a little bit of defense with Jay Binkley. Can't get a hold of him right now, but we'll get there. Uh, as the text line comes in, 913-586-7610 from the 620. Seemed like a lot of times last year the defense made a good third down stop, but there was always a penalty that kept them on the field. Fair. That's also the NFL, dude. How many times do you see that in the NFL where, you know, you get a stop and then all of a sudden there's a flag? Happens to everybody? More often than not. It's kind of like the same in baseball, two out hits. Um, and... Uh, Peakley told me he's on hold. I can't put him on the air, though. I don't have that capability. So you got to, like, he's got to hit that button. Boy, he's got to be agitated. But still no Jay Binkley. Just on hold? Okay. Um, programming note, we'll have, uh, we'll have Aaron Ladd probably later on today. We will have uh, – um, I've got the okay. telephone potted up on my end, but I don't know how to do it remotely. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Uh, maybe maybe call Rob Brenton is what I would do if you want. Um, but anyways, a little behind-the-scenes action there. No, but I think where this team is uh, this year, as opposed to where this team was last year, uh, kind of the same. Quentin, we can hear you over the air. Your mic might be on. Um, but uh, so the thing is <laughs> – um, uh, but anyways, we uh, you know where we were at last year as opposed to this year, this team was 
you know, obviously trying to get back to the Super Bowl, trying to win the Super Bowl. And then now there's been a little bit of talk with with certain people uh, that, you know, are saying, Let's is it or isn't it? One more thing, okay? um, is it, Quentin, I think you're over the air, buddy. I think we can hear the the audio in the background. <laughs> um, but where the C wanted to get last year was get back to the Super Bowl, right? The, the previous year you'd lose in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. And then, like we had just talked about with this defense, you've, you've drafted and developed, you know, this defense to, to become, uh, you know, where it's at right now. And you've got leaders on this defense and Reed and Sneed, who are your veteran leaders with Chris he, Jones as well. on the air now? I don't hear Jay Binkley. I hear you, but I don't hear Jay Binkley. So it would be similar to like a Royals game. But either way, we're getting we're giving them background information here. We're giving them behind the scenes. That's what you get on 610 Sports Radio. You get the, the ins and outs. But like we were saying, two years ago, you lose in the AFC Championship game to Joe Burrow. You rebuild your defense. You go get Carl Loftus, McDuffie, and Watson, and all those guys to solidify the outside and the, and the pass rush. Then, you know, you, you go to this year, and the, the next year after that draft, you win the Super Bowl. This year, now you have to prove to everybody that you are a dynasty. And unfortunately, we live in a time where rings are the only thing that matters when it comes to proving your wealth and your worth. That's what matters. That's what at the end of the day it stacks up. You can't argue against jewelry and the certificate that you are a Super Bowl champion. That's what this team, I think, is trying to do. They're trying to shut that dynasty book together, right? The Patriots did it. The, the Niners did it. The, 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 the Cowboys did it. The Steelers have done it. And, and I think that's where, uh, you know, the Chiefs kind of have it because there's a lot of people that will question, you know, are they a dynasty? I don't know. You have to win three titles. Okay, well, they've been to four Super, they've been to four Super Bowls in five years. Three Super Bowls in five years. I apologize. About to be four. Just kidding. Um, well, maybe not. I'd love to see a rematch of Philadelphia and Kansas City to see if that develops into another rivalry as well. But where this team is this year as opposed to where this team was last year, you, you kind of look at it, it. It seems like it's more seasoned, right? It's almost like the first year that somebody makes, you know, some sort of, you know, elegant holiday dinner. It's like, oh, yeah, that was good. And then as time goes on, it starts to become something that you expect that person to have, and it gets, you know, more and more developed. And when you when you look at this Chiefs team, and from the offensive side now to the defensive side, the team has kind of developed into what is, what they would think, the dynasty. And when things go together, like an offense and a defense, you then build that team, and then it's like, okay, who's going to knock them off? Because, I mean, how many years were, were so many people annoyed with the way the Patriots did things and the way that, you know, that, that they developed? You know, it was always, okay, well, they have Tom and Bill, and then Bill kind of orchestrates the defense, and they're able to stop guys in fourth quarters and, and get the last-minute field goal and just beat you every single time. You're starting to see that with the Kansas City Chiefs, except in their world, it, it, it's, it's always been they've had to come from behind. Well, now what happens if they can, they can play with the lead and can keep that lead? Well, if that's the case, then the entire league is, is, is screwed. And that's where I think this team is at. They're trying to build their development. They're trying to build that legacy. Is that Binkley? I hear something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Hello. Hi. That's my ears. Um, and, uh, and that's what this team's doing because that's the thing that you get. I don't know what's going on. Is that Bink? I don't know, man. I got just like a bunch of rattling going on in my ears. All right, we're back. Fire up Binkley. Let's see if we get him. 
So I'm assuming we can't figure it out. The phone hung up again. Hold on. The phone did? The phone actually hung? I've never heard a phone hang up on somebody. Um, we're live in St. Joe. Dusty Lagos with you. This is After Hours Sunday edition of uh, Training Camp. Still no Chris Jones to report. Travis Kelsey, the talk of town yesterday after what had been going on. Um, and and now we're, you know, we're on day two. Again, Twin Peaks is our, uh, you know, we're Chiefs training camp coverage on 610 Sports Radio brought to you by Twin Peaks East Street Scenic Views. Also uh, brought to you by St. Joe Convention Visitors Bureau. Be a part of history by attending Chiefs training camp. Learn more at stjomo.com. Uh, Dusty Leggins with you here on 610 Sports Radio. Um, yesterday's practice cut short, obviously, on the field due to weather. This week's uh, or today's practice, a different story. A lot more sun, a lot more beautifulness, a lot more, you know, just in general, a good day. Um, you know, out here in St. Joe as everybody's kind of doing drills and they'll get on to, uh, you know, 11v11 when it comes to uh, the practice yesterday. We'll get into some tweets later on today. We'll be joined by Trent McDuffie of the Chiefs, cornerback, just uh, first-round pick last year and, uh, you know, high-attention guy this year, I would say, when it comes to uh, his position and what everybody will be looking for is obviously you want to see some new things. Um, Drew Tranquil also back with a helmet. Uh, we'll see how much he participates today is what – uh, Harold Kuntz sends out Pete Sweeney here as well. He'll join us a little bit later as well. Uh, not practicing today, though, will be a Pete Sweeney, Mike Dana, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is sick, Dana with a calf, uh, forced in, obviously, with a right shoulder injury. Um, return to practice, Legereus Sneed and Drew Tranquil with his next. More roster moves later and announcements from Pete Sweeney. Um, they've also added Anthony Winterstone and Isaiah Gatherings tight end as well so Kansas City Chiefs practice underway should have a little bit of 11-11 here uh, coming up a little bit later Um, but one thing that we look forward to when it comes to the Chiefs this year is kind of where the schedule shakes out and where this schedule shakes out is interesting because obviously you have your you know you you have your first place schedule you have the target on your back everybody wants to get you but you know no better game really on the schedule than what we have uh, you know when it comes to to me the Jets now I want to get into a little bit of the Jets here for a second because when you look at Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, that's like the matchup we've we've yet to see. We've had it twice on a platter, and it's been taken away from us. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Travis, or I guess it was COVID while Aaron Rodgers was out. And then, obviously, Patrick Mahomes um, missed due to the knee injury a couple years back and couldn't play against Aaron Rodgers. Now we get it. New York, Kansas City in New York. Primetime game. Everybody, all eyes. You know, take a line from Tupac Shakur, all eyes on me. That game will be all eyes on them. It'll be Patrick Mahomes with Aaron Rodgers. When you think about um, what that game is and what that game means, to me, it's kind of the final, I guess, the final kill for Patrick Mahomes. It's the final, you know, this is it. This is where my, uh, I, you know, I want to be here. I want to beat all the guys that are, you know, before me. And, you know, that's kind of one of those things with Patrick Mahomes he's never gotten to do with, with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that's the game to me that immediately sticks out. It's early enough to kind of – you should have full rosters. There shouldn't be any injuries, hopefully, um, when it comes to uh, to the roster. You hope that everybody's, you know, kind of there. Because, obviously, you have a preseason game at noon on Sunday the 13th. Then you get the Cardinals and Browns, and you get the break. Not going to play week th- the third preseason game, even though sometimes they do for, like, a drive. But then the season kicks off, right? You get Lions, Jags, Bears, and then Jets October 1st, right? 7.20 p.m. Sunday night football. That's kind of the big first, all right, this is, you know, this is big because 
The way the schedule shakes out, the Lions home opener, you got to kind of think, you know, you could put your 401k on the Chiefs money line. Probably wouldn't pay out a ton, but it's a, it's a safe bet, right, when you look at that schedule. Chiefs, Lions, everything's figured out. You, you kind of think about it. You look at, you know, yeah, the Lions are an up-and-coming team, but not much to dive into. Jags on the road at noon, sure, right? I can understand there's a lot of hype around that game. Trevor Lawrence is, you know, and Doug Peterson, year two, they seem to kind of figure things out. Uh, little by little, whatever, they were kind of putting things together last year. But Bears, you're probably not worried about that game, especially that game being at home. Uh, you can't really see anybody getting mad about, you know, the Bears coming to town. And then the Jets, week four. Week four, 7:20, Sunday night football. After that, Vikings, Broncos, Chargers, Broncos. Heavy division, Vikings a big game in Minnesota. Then it goes to Germany, then bye week. But the Jets game in week four is kind of one of those games to me Right, superstar status, primetime status, all these sort of things all kind of embodied into one, and it's Rodgers and Mahomes. And one of the things that Mahomes was compared to when he was drafted was a guy like Aaron Rodgers. The horn has blown, so now practice will begin. We'll get our battles in camp, the the 11 v. 11 here shortly. Um, It is just short of 10 o'clock. We are here till noon today. That's if no storms are going on. I don't have him. If he says hi, I can hear him, but I don't hear him. Um, And uh, the thing is about... Training camp when it comes to uh, the Chiefs in this in this time is you look at the schedule, what, what pops out, right? Everybody likes to pull the schedule out or get the schedule at, you know, whatever it might be. And the thing that's crazy is that you look at what the, you know, when you do that every year, right? You circle, okay, win, 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 loss, loss. Some people just say, hey, they're going to win every single game, which would be awesome. But the thing about this, the most important thing is, 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 is you go in, you know, quarters in that first quarter, that you know, that first quarter of the schedule. The Jets are what pop out. Look, I'm no, I'm no stranger to the streets and the Jags. I got Trevor Lawrence already locked in as a futures bet for the MVP, and you can make fun of me all you want. That's totally fine. I get it. That's totally fine with me. Um, and the thing about this is that Aaron Rodgers, Quinn Williams, Garrett. Sauce, all those guys, big names. They're going to be on Hard Knocks, right? You had Patrick Mahomes. He was on the quarterback. You got these. You got these Hollywood players, right? You got these Hollywood guys that play for both of these teams, and both are going to show out, man. And that's that's what I think sticks out to me the most on the schedule. I remember having uh, Harold Coons on Fox Four. Uh, you know, he was telling me, you know, when we had him on not too long ago, he was talking about how that game stood out to him back in the day. And I kind of. You know, after that, you know, conversation, I kind of, you know, dove down, wrote this conversation to have for a day like today. And you think about the Jets game and you think about where the NFL is, because obviously your division games are going to be electric. You know, last year you had the, the game against Vegas. You're down 17 nothing, And then Travis Kelsey has what? Six catches, four of which for, for touchdowns and 25 yards. Insane. Insane. And when you when you put all that together and you look at the the, the Jets game that comes up with with Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes, it kind of has that Hollywood feel, right? Sunday Night Football is going to play that up. They're going to play the the Mahomes v. Rodgers when it comes to you know your quarterback versus mine. And this is this is one of those things where like in the NFL, where very rare do you see these things kind of match up perfectly together. First pass of the day deflected uh, from uh, defensive lineman. From what I can see, I get like this little window. Uh, average age watching today, 37, male, uh, all in front of me watching this practice like it's a game and there's only two minutes left in the drive. But anyways, you look at this matchup that is the Jets and the, and the, and the Chiefs that I'm really hammering right now, and we'll get into the other matchup that really sticks out, which is the obvious, the Dolphins in Germany to me. But Aaron Rodgers via Patrick Mahomes, 
We finally get a chance to see it. It's week four. No excuses. Nobody get hurt. Nobody, knocking on wood, nobody get hurt. Nobody lose out. Nobody get suspended. And you have your matchup that you have. Now, the other side of an important matchup that I really like is the Chiefs-Dolphins because that's kind of the, gosh, there's really nobody on the schedule outside of the obvious, which is Cincinnati, that you have to wait so long for. It's a New Year's Eve game, right? It's 325, several months away. But when you look at when you look at what it is with the with the with the Dolphins, right? Because Tyreek Hill comes out and says, "Well, if I go in the Hall of Fame, I'm going to go in as a Miami Dolphin." Well, Tyreek, I'm sorry to tell you this, but in the Hall of Fame in the NFL, you don't go in as a team member. You go in as your own individual, and that's kind of the you know that's kind of the game that I think a lot of fans might want. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. I don't know what game you're looking forward to the most. Might just be the first one. Might just be Detroit. You know, get me to season. Week one, let me let me get this thing started. Travis Kelsey gets connected with Patrick Mahomes and he gets a nice little pass over the middle. I believe that was Kelsey. It was not Kelsey. It was, uh, I believe, Watson. But again, you look at the, the, the second tier game. Game one that I'm most excited for, Jets-Chiefs. Game two, Dolphins-Chiefs-Germany. Two reasons why it's exciting. Number one, it's the Tyreek Hill rematch, right? Like, you just want to see that, like... You know, there's all the smoke that you see on TV or on, on the interviews. There's all the, you know, he's popped off. He said this. He said that. You, you get all that kind of stuff. But now you get, to, you get to put it into fruition. I thought I heard Beakley's voice for a second. I don't know. I, I, I literally can't do anything except if he talks. So, like, I, I don't have a button. I got, I got you, Bink, I think. Hey! <laughs> What's going on, Dustin? Not much, man. We were we were talking about uh, important games, and I led with the uh, I led with I'm looking forward to the most blank. I said the Jets Chiefs matchup. Am I wrong about that? Rogers Mahomes Week Four Sunday Night Football. What are you What are you most anticipating? Well, I did my top five for sure because I I just want to see Mahomes and Rogers finally. Yeah, we've never you know, seen it. We got we got ready. we got disappointed yeah. by Rogers got COVID and Mahomes had a knee injury, so we've never seen it. But go ahead, go ahead, your floor. Well, the only time we've seen it's the match yeah. uh, when it was Brady uh, and Josh Allen with them. And uh, I'd rather see football. But no, I'm, I'm excited about the, the season. I want to see what the Jets are all about. But the Bengals, to me, are still a story. I just think that week is so intense. I love the smack talk that's going on uh, between the teams. Uh, there's a genuine dislike, I think, from the fan base and the teams. So, uh, to me, it's all about the Bengals' Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that matchup, but that's one of those, like, you, you know what it reminds me of, Binkley, is uh, maybe this happened when you were a kid and mom and dad would do this to you, but it's, you, you know there's a gigantic gift under the tree, and they were sick and twisted, our parents were at times, and they'd put it under the tree at, like, December 2nd, knowing damn well you weren't opening that thing for another 23 days, but yeah. you, had, you had to sit there and think to yourself, what is it? What might it be? What is it? That, to me, is the Bengals game. Like, I know it's there. I could put my attention towards Cincinnati, but I want to let it just I, – I, I don't want to get overly excited. Because, I mean, I know we got Burrow Mahomes, but – and I love that game. That's – what's that? That's New Year's Day, 325. Uh, trust me, jacked about it. Ready, ready to get out the Toby Keith should have been a Cowboy victory song. But – how about this Miami game? Because Tyree Kill says probably the, one of the dumbest things the other day that he wants to go into the Hall of Fame as a Dolphin, but, again, you don't go in as a team member. Are you are you into that game, or are you a little upset it's in Germany? No, I'm in that game. Um, I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I kind of like it. I want to see where the Dolphins, you know, where they're projected 
uh, by themselves where they think they're good. They, I think the Dolphins think they're better than they are. Yeah. Um, I, I think last year there was a perception the Dolphins are there. Let's not forget they just won one more game than the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, all I heard last year is how bad Mac Jones and the Patriots are. Well, the Dolphins only won one more game than that. Um, I just can't put a lot of stock into it. I'm not a huge believer in Tua at, at this point. And, you know, I'm just not buying into the team. They're trying to sell themselves and trying to talk us into how good they are mm-hmm. rather than being good. But uh, I, I'm with you as far as the Jets, as far as the barometer, because I do think the Jets are in that second tier mm-hmm. um, that want to be players like the Chiefs and, and the Bills and the Bengals. And they know by beating the Chiefs um, that will put them center stage. Uh, we led the show with the Kelsey punches. Uh, you're not concerned, are you? Because I'm not. No. I mean, I, this stuff goes on all the time. It's magnified with the guy like Kelsey or whatever, but they were just so minor deals. And the defense is trying to poke the ball out and stuff, and Kelsey's like, I'm hot. I've had enough. Um, it's not going to happen. But, no, this uh, – yeah, anybody's making a big deal of, of Kelsey uh, getting in, in fights in, without any fights. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I have probably more contact brushing my teeth in the morning. Um, but they're not really kids. I know that we're starving for a camp fight, but these aren't like Dusty growing up, man. When I'd go watch the Chiefs in River Falls or William mm. Jewell, I mean, those were fights, man. When they bring in the Vikings to scrimmage with the Chiefs or whatever, and we were talking helmets off, being thrown. Now, that's a fight. Uh, what we've seen uh, <laughs> at Chiefs camp, uh, those are, those are uh, dust-ups. Those aren't fights. Do you remember when the Chiefs were in River Falls? And I think it was, was it Brock Lesnar that, that rocked the 69 jersey and powerbombed a Chiefs player? Is that right? Oh, yeah. It, there's a lot of stuff that happened up in River Falls. I loved I, I went up there one time when the uh, Vikings and Chiefs are scrimmaging, and that was just an awesome time, man. I, I, it was, whenever you bring another NFL team, I know the Chiefs don't like to do it with other NFL teams as far as joint practices or whatever, but... There was nothing like those days when they'd get together with another team because there were always fights, yeah. always fights, guys trying to make the team and pushing guys outside. But, yeah, there was some uh, – I can't remember at all what happened with the Lesnar deal, but uh, I do remember that. I just remember he wore a 69 jersey and he powerbombed a Chiefs player, and then he was in the WWF like two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I remember I remember all the, the hoopla when he was, he was up there. Um, for sure. I remember watching Randy Moss against some of our uh, older cornerbacks. Oh, Ugh. man. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not good. Um, yeah. Brock Lesnar, definitely remi- he's definitely fits the mold of a guy who, when they ask for your jersey number, says 69 immediately. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's not even a question. You don't even ask it. Yeah. It's just a given that uh, Brock Lesnar would have that number. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a true story. Uh, God rest her soul. My mom would probably be embarrassed that I say this. I was a little kid playing in, uh, like, I think it was like peewee football, and uh, the coach went around and asked for everybody's numbers. He's like, Dusty Likens, what number do you want to be? And I swear to God, Binkley, on my mother's life, I raised my hand and said, I want to do, I want my mom's favorite number, 69. And everybody, oh. true, yeah, true, true story. I'm like six years, I'm six years old, I said that, and every single coach who's probably mid-30s turns directly over my mom, who's just holding my helmet with a water bottle, red-faced, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did the coaches all roll on the ground? Well, they were all over later that night for dinner. Uh, whatever that okay. – I'm kidding. No, I'm just joking. Uh, no, but, yeah, that's a true story. I've never embarrassed anybody more in my life than when I did that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, awesome. yeah, very interesting. Hey, Big, do you want to stick around for 10 more minutes on the other side of this short break? We'll talk a little defense, top 10-ish. You bet, buddy. 
All right, we'll put you on hold. We'll go on hold. Quentin, you got us on the other side. We'll be back live in training camp, joined by Jay Binkley. Continued. Again, programming note, Trent McDuffie will join us a little bit later on today. We'll also have Aaron Ladd, Pete Sweeney of the Reporters Bureau. This is the After Hours Sunday edition live in St. Joe. We're going to break the 610 Sports Radio. I've never understood this song because it's, I don't know where South Detroit is. You ever, we are on uh, Live in St. Joe, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Leggins with you. Jay Binkley still on the line. Binkley still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I think Burns said South Detroit is like uh, almost getting in the Windsor, Canada area because that's the, uh, that's one of the fun areas. Yeah, I've ne- I just have never understood the line born and raised in South Detroit. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I know that's, uh, that's the, kind of the fun part. Speaking of Josh Vernier, he'll join uh, the air at 12 o'clock today uh, with Vern's pregame show. You can have a chance to win two free tickets to a Futures Royals game if you get the pitch clock right. Um, Beakley, before we get back into Chiefs football, I know you and I and Vern are kind of in the same uh, the same realm here. Dude, uh, is Bobby Bobby's arrived, right? Bobby Wood Jr., he's, he's finally here. Oh man, Bobby Witt Jr. is one of the. You know, I'm so glad he's here, man. It, it, it's the one saving grace um, uh, to to watch with the with the Royals this year, where you just get excited that you're going to have this guy for the future and doing that historic thing. What he's done in back to back games. I mean, really, since June, it's been ridiculous. Matter of fact, uh, on that uh, that Vern deal we do uh, with the placing the bets, you mm-hmm. know, with the with the Vern. Um, I have gone Bobby Witt Jr. I think the last two or three weeks, and every one of them has been right. Like I was like tired of losing and getting losses, so I just found some Bobby Witt Jr. stuff and just went Bobby Witt Jr. the last three weeks. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yesterday I told Vern I was like, I needed a I needed Bobby Witt Jr. just to get a stolen base for my. I called it the Bobby Parlay. I said he'd have yeah. two. I said he'd have two plus hits, two two plus total bases. One RBI and one stolen base. He got me my hit, RBI, and bases in one swing yesterday in his first at bat. I almost think today the bet – I don't know. Are you joining Vern today? Yeah, Normally, yeah, today. I assume you're going heavy, Bobby? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, I got to stay with Bobby, man. I wonder what – I haven't looked at the odds yet. What are four-plus hits? Is it a plus one? <laughs> uh, oh, man, I don't know, but I know – Friday Friday night's game, like this is how ridiculous Bobby Witt Jr.'s numbers have been just alone like these last two games. Friday night, I was there. It was pretty awesome. He goes four for five. Last night, he goes four for five. He's hit two home runs in the last two games. He's got eight hits. He's got like over ten RBIs almost in the last three games. It's just nice to finally see that the superstar that was promised is finally looks like he's developed and he's real. And uh, you talk about superstars, you bring up Patrick Mahomes because we're here live in St. Joe for training camp. Uh, Join with Jay Binkley here. Bink dynasty, right? That seems to be the, the new the new low-hanging fruit, right? Last year was can they beat Cincinnati? Can they get back to the Super Bowl? They do it. Mahomes wins an MVP, wins another Super Bowl MVP. The greatness is on the shelf. You can stop having that conversation. Now it's everybody wants to talk, are they a dynasty? I kind of think they're already there. But of course, in the record books, you got to have three to be considered the dynasty. Is this is this what this season is? Yeah, I, I think so, and I think this just cements it. I mean, there's there's bar, good barstool debates. 
uh, all around as far as are the Chiefs a dynasty or not. Everybody's going to have their opinion on it or how long it takes to have one and how many years the team needs to, to, to win in, in order to have one. But I think you win this one, and it sets them apart. I mean, eight, eight times it's been done in NFL history where a team has won back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, but it's only seven teams because Pittsburgh Steelers uh, did it twice. I, I think if they were able to do this, it separates them. You think of, uh, especially in this era in the NFL, where everybody's spending the same amount of money. I mean, the salary cap's same uh, for all teams. They share the same revenue. Uh, you just got to be smarter. And it, it's a total team effort. When you think about you know, how good Mahomes is, and then you have the greatness of Andy Reid, you know, it's number two all-time in, in postseason uh, coaching victories, number five all-time in regular coaching victories. So you have that combination with that, and you have the greatest tight end in NFL history that sits only behind Jerry Rice in three categories in the postseason, touchdowns, receptions, and, and yardage. I mean, it's, it's a historical group that's doing historical things, but you win back-to-back, and I think there's no argument anymore of what a dynasty, but clearly it's an AFC dynasty, and that can't be denied. You make five straight trips to the AFC title game. Dusty, in my lifetime, they only went to one before this run. It was 1994 when they played Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. I mean, that was it. I mean, I've been a Chiefs fan all my life. I'm 50 years old, man. Outside of these five, last five years, I'm not taking any of this for granted. But, yeah, this is dynastic. Yeah, um, so obviously the, the Tony injury is, uh, is, is one of popular debate. What have you seen so far? What are you seeing out of camp, at least from your eyes and your ears? You're, you're a lot more dive, uh, you know, dived into this than, than most. You believe in the the Rasheed Rice uh, hype or the you know the the Richie James going to be the punt return kind of McCole Hardman role as they try to find these guys to keep the same sort of not player but the same sort of type of player in those positions is is there anything that kind of sticks out other than maybe some Ross talk? Yeah, I, I do buy into it because uh, these guys are all hungry. I mean, they all have kind of have like a little chip on their shoulder and they're just and they're hungry. And you know, you, you look at the makeup of players, and I think you can determine a lot about a player. Uh, from what they did in college, uh, the type of situation, for instance, a guy that played on a bad football team that's always rising up and starring uh, towards the end of the year and doesn't give in. I look at Rasheed Rice, and he had 96 catches last year on that SMU team. Second to him on that SMU team was 37 catches. That's a huge gap between number one and number two in receptions. Number three on that team was 28 receptions. He was doing it all. He was asked to do it all. He was the main focus when anybody was playing SMU was to stop Rasheed Rice, and they couldn't do it because the dude caught everything. And I like that hunger. It's like Mahomes. When you look back at Mahomes at college, okay, he's at Texas Tech. They had the 128th-ranked scoring defense in college football, and at that point there was only 128 teams. That means every time Patrick Mahomes went on the football field, he needed to score a touchdown. I'm glad the Chiefs saw it. I'm surprised other people didn't notice it, but, hey, man, this kid is all about points. He gets on there, he puts his, his foot on the gas, and his job, because his defense is not doing a damn thing, he's got to score a touchdown every time he's out there. I like that, and I think we're um, Rice – kind of bring something different they don't have. I think the Chiefs have kind of been looking for that Sammy Watkins X type uh, for a long time. I know they really valued. I know Brett Veach put a priority to get Sammy Watkins uh, when he got him, and I know he had the injury history and whatever during the regular season, yeah. but you need him to stand up in the postseason, and uh, and that's what he did. Juju kind of you know placated that role. I know the Chiefs were really, really wanting Juju two years ago, weren't able to get him. He stayed with Pittsburgh, able to get him the next year. 
But I feel like they've been looking for that body type, a guy that's going to go in there and mix in uh, like a Rasheed Rice uh, for the longest time. And I like Sky Moore's development, what he's doing in year two. And I think Richie James is at that point of his career where it's like, okay, he kind of broke out of it uh, last year a little bit and showed flashes of how good he could be. But this is his prime right now. So I'm excited about some of these guys. Yeah, speaking of Trent McDuffie, he'll sit down next to next to myself here a little bit later once practice is over. His practice is kind of fizzling out. Binkley, they got the they got they got Winchester snapping to Butker, getting ready to kick some bombs towards us. The quarterbacks are kind of doing their you know their little scuffle. Then they'll start trying to hit the crossbar uh, as we're joined by Jay Binkley here on Sixteen Sports Radio Live in uh, St. Joe. Bink, we want to talk a little defense because that's that's what my eyes have been on this whole offseason. I know it's not the flashy, cool thing. It's it, it's the it's the defense for me. And Pete today says it looks like Joshua Williams will be the third cornerback working with LeJarrius Sneed, Trent McDuffie. Sneed and McDuffie rotating in the nickel spot. That's where I want to kind of get your opinion. Who do you think's better at what? Because I remember last year when the Bengals and the Chiefs played in the AFC Championship game and McDuffie and uh, Jamar Chase, they were matched up eight times and Trent McDuffie allowed two catches, six yards. Is he better at nickel spotting, or is he better at outside slot cover the X? Well, he's good at both. It's kind of like yeah. Legereus Sneed. They can do both. He saw like 83 stamps, I think, last year uh, from McDuffie in the slot. But, you know, he fits that mold and, mm-hmm. and does a great job from that spot. So I, it's one thing I like about the Chiefs' defense in Spags is versatility. We always hear all the time about Andy Reid. You know, you like your offensive lineman to be able to play guard and tackle and center in a pinch if they had to, but that's the same philosophy with this defense. You know, we see it all the time. We see it all over, especially like defensive line, Chris Jones, be on the end or be on the inside of Minihu that they got in for agency. Another guy that did spend a lot of time inside and outside. And I see it with these defensive backs as well. It seems like a certain type um, that they're going for guys that can play on the inside and outside and not worry about it. But Trim McDuffie, man, that's the most exciting thing. This young secondary, what, four rookies playing in the Super Bowl? The fact that the Chiefs had 61 starts for rookies last year? You don't win a Super Bowl unless you have those guys stand up and shine. Like, you don't pay Mahomes all the money you do him and everything else. you got to be good in other parts. That's why I'm waiting to see what the Eagles can do now they pay Jalen Hurts or what the Chargers are going to do once they, once they pay Justin Herbert here. But the Chiefs have been able to do it, and, man, this concentration of these defensive backs. I mean, McDuffie, you know, he's going to have a fifth-year option. you got all these rookie contracts. And Joshua Williams, you got a seventh-round pick in Jalen Watson with three picks last year, two in the postseason, and one in the game against the Chargers that essentially won that game. I mean, there is so much excitement. But I think they do like guys that can play inside and outside. And I noticed you know, they kind of drafted a guy like that, too, mm-hmm. in Shamari Connor this year, my favorite pick that they made, because like the luxurious need, can do a lot of different things, a physical-type defensive back that, oh, by the way, led Virginia Tech in sacks two years ago. Carl mm. uh, Loftus, year two. I know last year, I believe, seven and a half sacks. Had like four in the last like five games or six games, something that had a big one against Burrow in that AFC Championship game. Carl Loftus, Cook, uh, a couple other guys, Leo Chanel, those guys as well, second-year guys. Who are you ready to kind of see you take that next big step? Yeah, I think Carl Loftus is going to start, you know, t- taking that uh, – that role where you're thinking, okay, this guy's got it. This guy is the edge you've been looking for. Yeah, when you look at a sack last year, he probably left three on the table, three or four on the table earlier in the season. And then everything started to click with him, and he got better and better. And, you know, Frank Clark helped him out a lot. Uh, Tom Bali worked with him in the offseason. But I'm really looking forward uh, to him kind of taking that step. I remember talking to this college coach when he was drafted, 
And I, I brought up Max Crosby. I said, because he kind of reminds me of that with the motor. I mean, you can say skill set all you want, but just the motor that Karloftis has, I mean, there's no quitting that dude. And it's one of the things I like about him. Hell, at his pro day at Purdue, it's like freezing temperatures out. Guess who's not wearing a shirt and going out and balling out? Karloftis. That's right. Uh, Binkley, last one, and I'll get you out of here. Daneric Pierce, uh, kind of a quiet but loaded running backfield. They're not going to keep everybody on this team in that running backfield. Uh, Clyde, Pierce, um, McKinnon, Pacheco, are they going to keep four and, and, and put two on the practice squad? How do you see this going? Yeah, I, I think they do keep four, although I don't be surprised if uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is really uh, spotlighted kind of in the preseason. Yeah. Um, you put the selling point out there. Who who wants to go grab him? I just don't see the carries to go along uh, with all four. McKinnon's going to get his. Uh, they might ease him into it like they did last year because they really – look at his touchdowns. They really took off in December on and a great blocker. But Derek Prince, this guy, Dusty, I'm excited about this guy. And you say, well, why are you so excited about Prince? But he did good combine numbers. If this was traditional draft where people like drafting running backs, he would have been taken. But undrafted free agents actually make more money than seventh-rounders. But the thing I like about him, and it shows you the scouting and development of his football team – Look at his college stats. When he, he was at A&M before he transferred to Tulsa, no catches. And one year at Tulsa, he had like one catch. Another year, he had like five catches and then seven catches. And last year, nine catches. He didn't catch the ball much. But all he's been doing at training camp is catching the football. So the Chiefs said, okay, this guy can really catch. Tulsa didn't use him like they probably should have. So I'm excited about that. But I really want to see who wants that ball. I mean, Pacheco, as hard as he runs, all right, I want to see who steps up in third and one and fourth and one because that's the area the Chiefs struggled in last year. Who's going to be the dog in that situation? Pinkley, you and I are both dogs. No cats, no meows. Just be a dog. Uh, I enjoy be your time. Dog. Yeah, that's right. Be a dog. Pinkley, enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck on your bets. Stay with Vern. We'll hear you at about, uh, well, we'll hear you about 12.15, and we'll watch Bobby Witt take over the Royals and try to get a sweep of the Twins. Pinkley, enjoy a beer. Have a great day. Love you, brother. You're like family. Enjoy the offseason. See you, Dustman. Good stuff, man. Great show. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Uh, Jay Binkley, the people's champ, joining us today here live in St. Joe. Chiefs practice going on. There was another scrimmage today. It didn't involve Travis Kelsey. I'll tell you who it was on the other side. Plus, we'll fill you in on what we're watching as the offense is doing the red zone drills on 11 v. 11. Uh, here live in St. Joe, I am Dusty Likens. This program is After Hours. Quentin Dusty back with you after this short break.